the ultimate goal for coaches like us, the coaches who care most about developing the person through the sport of softball, is getting our girls to truly believe they're capable. That they're capable of improvement. That they're capable of executing what they've practiced. They're capable of bringing their best consistently. But you know as well as I do, this is also the toughest thing to do as a coach. Today, I share a couple more weeks of LaGrange College softball and how we're baking these lessons and this training into our mental training and the actual practice plan. Oh, and how it's starting to work. (laughs) So you ready? Let's do this. Get your head in the game, coach. You're about to get your audio dose of softball inspiration. I'm Melanie Rushing. And I'm Alicia Smith. And we help softball teams win more games and have more fun. Right now, you're joining thousands of passionate coaches across the nation who are dragging the field, prepping for the day, or driving to that other job while they learn and grow as a coach. So if you're ready to learn how to build a strong team culture, get your players to believe, and make a real difference in their lives, you're in the right place. This is the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. I have got my voice back, mostly. It kind of sounds funny now that I'm talking and listening to it. (laughs) Gonna jump right back in to week. We're gonna go like 1.5 to 3.5. It was so nice on our very first time doing this. It was exactly week by week, but here we are. We're gonna catch us up. So thank you for joining us. And Alicia, hand it back to you. So we're gonna talk a little bit more about your season, and I'm really excited to hear because we've been working together with your team. Um, over a couple Zoom calls and going over some mental training. So I'm curious to hear about how the last couple weeks have gone, uh, how your culture uh, is going, and what the kids are doing to kind of hold themselves accountable. Yes, and I will try to go in chronological order on this. I've got my notes so I can cheat. But uh, so first thing that happened after our last chat was we had our first games, and I scheduled games very early this year. they we had two weeks of practice and then we played uh so it was I told the girls right before the game like this is going to be a moment of whether or not I do this again (laughs) but it was it was great I will absolutely do it again uh face this team they came out hard they stayed strong one thing we noticed in the fall was that we lost all steam (laughs) after game two uh so we really focused on that and the cool thing was we at this point did not have our B words. So we just had our goals, which to me can get tricky, uh, but they weren't focusing on the outcome, which was great. They really did focus on their energy. Um, so it came out hard. We won the first game, just kept hitting the ball, kept putting things in play. I was very proud of them. Uh, our freshman pitchers did a great job. First full games out each. Um, and our senior came in to close out second game. We ended up losing game two and in eight innings, um, but it was a great fight. Like we should have won that game, clean up a few things uh, and we're good to go. But I was very proud of them. So in between games, we didn't have a ton of time to talk um, and process anything. It was more like, go get food. <laughs> but after games, we could talk about our fails. Uh, so that's been my main focus this year is getting them to talk about fails in a way that doesn't feel so heavy, like get them out. It's not that big of a deal once you say it. <laughs> so we talked about our fails, um, base running fails, defensive fails, didn't have any pitching fails. They did great that day. Um, but you could just see once they brought it out, then they were good to go and move forward on lessons learned. What were some of the fails that they shared very specifically with you? Because I'm, cause I, I understand what you're trying to do with them, right? Is to get them out. But were they superficial or were they just 
I missed the base when I was rounding second or was it, did they kind of dig a little deeper? Yeah. We had this talk after mental training, which we'll dig into next. Um, but yeah, they definitely started off surfacey, like, Oh yeah, that ball went through my legs. Uh, and we've had to dig. I don't think we got much deeper that first day, but since then we've done better. Like, okay, but why, like what was happening that, like the ball shouldn't go through your legs normally. So what happened? Every once in a while, it was a bad hop. But most of the time, it was, oh, I just wasn't focused in. I wasn't uh, prepped before the play, that kind of thing. So getting them to focus in on that and then they can see, oh, okay, well, I know how to fix it now. Whereas before, they were just like, oh, I just had a, I had a rough outing today. Like you can't go anywhere from that. <laughs> like why? Like what was going on? What specific things? Why was it a rough outing? Was it because you didn't show up focus. Was it because that pitcher had your number? (laughs) There are very different situations. So it's been super interesting getting them to dig. Uh, But yeah, that's perfect spot to lead into where mental training went. (laughs) Yeah. So, so we've been working together, right? We've been working on some new content together and working with your team. So how have they taken, for example, some of the things that we talked about in the very first session about belief, how have they taken that information and the discussion that we talked about and worked and implemented that on the field or talked about it more at practice? How has that been going? Uh, Just for some context for our listeners, uh, Alicia is now running our 2.0 version of consulting with our girls, uh, kind of piloting it with them. And I am so grateful that our team gets it early. Uh, And that first chat was about like, what is belief? And it was eye-opening, but not surprising to hear that they all rely on feeling confident way too much. So the biggest takeaway when we asked the girls afterward, 90% of them, right, mentioned belief is a skill. Like I can build it. Uh, It's something that I control and can work towards. So focusing on that, each practice is okay, well, what were you not confident in? How are you going to take one step forward today? Uh, a good example with that was, gosh, now I'm mixing up days again. Um, one of our players has always been a DP. So she thought, oh, if I don't hit, I'm done for. She did a very good job. A, she worked her butt off physically to work her way back in at first base. But then it was the mental work that I could really see the shift of, oh, I can be a like all around player. I can be a first baseman and hitter. And to see her take ownership of that, that's when she really took the next step. And you could see her making fewer of those little mental mistakes or like even with defensive reps, back-to-back errors on the same ball. Um, she's making so much fewer of those than she did last year because of that mindset shift. It was super cool to see. And I think that's the key, right? I think that, you know, in my experience working with my own kids or, or other kids, it's, it really truly does have, it is a skill. It is something that you really truly have to work on and build. And I think sometimes as a coach, that's the challenging piece. We talked about that for both of us, how we, we sometimes fail to like implement that or talk about that in practice, maybe even as we should, even though we do this, right. Even when we coach this. So I'm curious how you've been able to really dial in those little lessons into practice without it feeling one overwhelming or two, that you feel like you're getting too much away from the skills. 
yeah, main thing that's helped um, is putting it at the top of my practice plan, literally. <laughs> like, what is our mental focus for today? Like today's practice plan is belief is a skill. How can you build your belief in one physical skill today? So I'll have a couple of things for them to do. They'll be hitting, they'll be fielding. Um, and I've done this in each practice, whether it was uh, working on drop steps for outfielders was one where they just weren't getting a good first step. To me, the mental part of that is preparing and then trusting. So you're you're not thinking about it as the ball is being thrown. So we did a drill that was less about reading the play. It was more just about the fundamental skill. That's to me, the golden fundamentals uh, um, is showing them those incremental improvements. Uh, so I didn't do that a lot last year. I did a lot of what we call uh, random practice where like it's situational. They have to think on their toes. I thought like, I'm going to challenge them, <laughs> but then they missed out on this belief building from those very specific one skill focused drills. Um, so that's been our focus. These first couple of weeks is like, okay, what's the one thing that we can break down today? We all have those drills. And if you use them and then point out like, hey, this is what you gained today, then you can challenge them the very next practice um, and have them see the growth as opposed to it's really hard in situational play when they get a rep and then they're watching three and they get a rep and they're watching three for them to pay attention to the growth. I think to the patience is the key, right? So even, even as a coach, like you just really have to focus on this particular skill that I'm building, right? The the mental skill that I'm building may take two or three years for it to click, right? So if you're fortunate enough to be working with these kids, it isn't it isn't a magic fairy dust that we can sprinkle on them that changes, right? It's a constant reminder and a constant implementation and constant discussion that does take time. So what are what do you tell some of your kids maybe like that are a little frustrated about not being able to make the switch right away and help them be patient with that process too. Uh, kids and us coaches. This has been my number one lesson so far this year was keeping things simple. Just like last episode was like simple is better because then you have the time and the headspace to point out, hey, did you notice how much better you were that rep? Like, hey, how many did you do well that time? Whereas if we're going too quickly, they don't have the time to process that. So making myself slow down to then point it out for them has been the key. What is your focus going to be then for the remainder of the week? Since you've played a couple games already, you have a few of those under your belt. You have a little bit of, you just a little be beginning idea of what you got there, right? For the team and the game. So what is your focus going to be, you know, moving forward for like one week? this one week uh, that you have coming up? Yeah, uh, I'm already feeling the like, oh, we have to do this, we got to do that. Like, what if we don't reach our goals? It always popped in after the first couple of games, but just slowing that down. So these next couple of weeks, my focus, especially because we have really strong opponents, which I love, is going to be fine tuning, um, making sure we don't lose the progress we've made with, with the drills and the mental training of that belief, but really using strong pitchers, strong hitters that we go against to train us. Okay, now what small adjustment can I make? Not this big old, oh, I gotta change my swing or I am so awful at pitching. <laughs> like making 
getting really detail oriented um, so that we can make that progress. And so last question, how else is your season going with your blueprint? Blueprint. Yes, tongue twister. Uh, so we did finally wrap up our blueprint before our second session with you, which I was super excited about. Um, so let me pull it up. They, uh, as a refresher, their goals were, and I got it wrong actually on our thing, on base percentage of 750, uh, one percentage of 700, and heat monitor, sorry, energy, 7 out of 10. Um, and we kind of find that um, in different ways. They had specific things, for example, like less than two strikeouts a game, whole lineup gets a quality at bat, less than two errors, uh, no snowball innings, etc. So you have some more specific things to work on. Uh, and then we dug into, all right, so who do you have to be to get there? And it, they actually came up with this really quickly. Usually this is the part that takes a while. Um, so they came up with CPR, confident, present, and relaxed. Uh, so I thought those were great. And then we dug into a little bit more of like, hey, so how do we do that? What does that look like? Um, we start with what it doesn't look like. <laughs> That's always the easier one. Um, a lot of talk about like, beating yourself up and getting your own head, like being selfish, um, not being focused. So some things that they, uh, that it does look like are positive self-talk, be yourself, <laughs> swag, mean something to everybody, uh, trust your practice and check, attack the practice plan, show up, breathe, you have hundred percent of what you have. We talk about that a lot, especially <laughs> last week we were all struggling uh like physical energy was down emotional energy was down people were just tired uh but we had that talk about like give what you got no matter what don't let it be an excuse which i'll let you elaborate on um they said multiple times like take a minute to breathe trust your team and coaches um and like trust your instincts so they had some really good things and i think this was really helpful going into games too um especially relaxed um because a lot of them said they they play better calm on the outside, like energy level wise, but they want like a high energy of, of focus, which was a new way of them describing, which I thought was very interesting and helpful for me to know. Cause I personally am a more calm coach. And I felt like last year, I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta bring my A game if they want to be seven energy. <laughs> but now seeing that I'm like, okay, good. Cause I don't know if I could maintain that for two games. <laughs> Yeah, managing the the energy yourself is just as important, but I, I do a horrible job of that because I'm so energetic and so whatever. So I'm exhausted by the end of each game, but that's okay. I'm um, glad you don't have to do double headers all the time. You yeah. would be so tired. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but back to the energy thing, I think this is one thing that all coaches can relate to, whether you're a travel ball coach or a high school coach or a college coach, the ups and downs of any given season, right? So for high school and college, you have the tests, the graduations, the uh, just the fact that they didn't get to sleep or they're tired or they're sore. And there's so many different things that go into their energy. So I think what's really important as a coach is to understand where they're at that day um, and be able to give them some grace and understanding that they it is literally impossible for them to manage a high level of energy um, throughout the entire season. So what happens when it is low energy, like having those conversations, asking them what's going on and having the understanding and then really encouraging them just to simply have maybe just a little bit more energy than what they do when they walked in. So if their energy, I like your kid's idea of a hue monitor. That's pretty cool. Like if their energy is at a four, how can we take a minute and get it to a five or a six? 
we're not asking to go from a four to a 10 because it's probably impossible, but how do you get from a four to a six? So we talked about that. Have they been able to kind of take that into consideration and what were they successful and how did that go? Absolutely. So like our worst example of this was day before game day, which I used to like just ruminate on. Like I would get stuck like, oh God, what a bad practice day before game day. Are we going to show tomorrow? But luckily I've grown a little bit. Um, and it was just a great topic of conversation because we had just talked about not making excuses out of it and showing up. Um, and then they did a very good job because they're still going to be tired the next day. I really burned them out uh, like conditioning wise the day before. So there was physical, there's also interpersonal stress that uh, drains their energy. Um, and we got to realize that today's student athlete doesn't hand, or they have a lot more interpersonal stress than we had. Um, and they're also like we were as well, not equipped to deal with that in a quick manner. <laughs> Uh, we just didn't have social media always bogging us down. Um, but they did a very good job come the next day, a double header. It was a long day. We were down on uh, people too. We had some people out injured, which happens every season. Uh, so like we knew it was coming. Unfortunately, it happened second games, but they did a great job. Uh, even in between games, they were like, hey, we want to do something different in between games to make sure we don't have that lull. Like that's our main focus. And they came back and yes, they were still tired. Like there wasn't some magical energy potion that they took. They made sure they ate enough to have some physical energy. And then they maintained throughout that next second game. Um, so very proud of them with that. The other team showed up better and beat our butts. <laughs> but we never, never gave in, never pouted, um, had one snowball inning. And it wasn't, uh, it was a physical snowball and mental, but it wasn't emotional. Um, if we can talk about the difference of like where you're like, <laughs> after that, you're like, oh no, is the game over? It was not that. Uh, so I was very proud of them taking that lesson forward, and they have continued since. And I think those are huge wins, especially so early in the season. Like, and I think as a coach, that's so important to to break your season up into thirds or to quarters or whatever works for you. Um you know, mine are thirds. I break my season into thirds. And that first third of the season is where you really dive into these lessons and credit your kids when they do things like that, because that is such an invaluable lesson and not focusing on the outcome. So I think that's great. Also that they recognize that, right. They recognize the one or two things they needed to do in order to just right. maintain or just bump it up one or two. Um, and they have that experience to fall back on right in the future especially when the games really count so I think that's awesome and kudos to you for giving them that space right to be able to grow in that area and I think as coaches if we can slow down sometimes a little bit and break your season up into like I said thirds or quarters where you're focusing on these things and recognizing it's for the long run right that I think that that's where you see the greatest strides even when you're stuck in the weeds of, oh my gosh, we lost another game in a row, you know, three in a row or something like that. Like that's really where you can just focus on those big, huge wins. So I am excited to talk to them next week to see how things are going. So what is the one thing that you're looking forward to uh, for next week and what types of strides in addition to what they've done already? What is that? Like, I always like to say, let's always take steps forward. What is the one thing you would like them to take a step forward in next week? Uh, next week, I really want them focusing on um, with tough teams. It's going to be tough to win 
in, focus on what you can. Um, and we honestly lost due to the little things like clean defense, uh, executing on offense, being smart base runners, thinking ahead. So I want us really focusing on those little things and noticing when our focus is drifting or noticing uh, when we're we're not in it and it's coming right back because the long day you're going to drift out at some point you need to drift out at some point but bringing it back when it's most important I think if we do that we will give ourselves a great chance against great teams for sure I'm super excited to hear this journey because I think year two for you you're taking huge leaps and having personally I see you also having the confidence more this year with your group and that's what's awesome and they love you to death they just love you to death and watching them on zoom calls and you interacting with them is is very cool to see too for from my perspective so wishing you the best of luck for this week and we'll talk next week Woo-hoo. excited and that is a wrap on today's episode. Thank you again for joining us for another installment. I'll be back next week. In the meantime, if you'd like to assess your team and see where they stand on the seven C's, just head to mentalsweetspot.com, click for coaches, and click on the assessment. It's a quick 10-minute exercise for you to evaluate where your girls stand so you can start implementing some of these things in your practice plans as well. All right, have a good one.